You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike Strevel. They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. I'm going to try to speak to you today what I feel to be the need of the hour. I want you to listen at me. I'm going to talk to you about sackcloth, dust, and ashes. Sackcloth, dust, and ashes. Job said he repented in dust and ashes. Sackcloth has to do with a true mourner. Primitive Baptist is just as high-minded as any other Baptist. We have the same carnality and by nature free will just like everyone else. In the day that we live in, we are prone to rely upon the power of the United States. When I I was a young boy, I plowed the mule and rode to see a Western movie on Saturday on that old gray horse we had. Went to town many a time in a wagon. But that day is gone, and just in a few days, they can go to the moon and back. We run around making our great, great boats and scientific maneuvers. Why we left a God of heaven as far as his gospel is concerned, lay dormant, and, and get all excited and make our terrible boast until the showdown comes to fall flat on our face. Sackcloth has to do with a true mourner. One that, one that has the ability to see really what he is without God and in thanksgiving to what he is with God by his grace. That's the fellow that wears sackcloth. A fellow that has repented in ashes and dust. Ashes has to do with an article that's useless. Uselessness. A person that's truly repented sees his uselessness is insufficiency without God and repents and turns and thanks God for all of his mercy. You, you children listen to me today. See? Uselessness. We're willing to say with our mouth, without God we are helpless. But we're not willing to live that much in our lives. That's the need of the hour. I heard a man the last time I ventured up here, which is no later than last Sunday, say that Grandpa told him it was all right to be baptized, but it it was pretty good if he didn't. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, be baptized. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, repent. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, taught that you should realize without me, you are uselessness. Uselessness. Undone, lost, ruined forever. The need of the hour is for the children of God to take God at faith value upon His Word and serve Him dedicatedly. That's the need of this hour. And if that had been preached and a live by, you couldn't find a church in this county or in the state of Kentucky, Tennessee or Mississippi, that was now empty that had ever called itself Primitive Baptist. 
Further than that, you'd have found them in always adding, adding, adding. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. But Jesus Christ added to a church that was meeting daily. Therefore, he added to it daily. You say, preacher, I believe you all of you rock. Well, that's all right. You can go ahead. But when I drive around and somebody says, there's where they used to be. Here's a family that had eight children. Family Baptist, dad and mama was. But they didn't one of them see fit to join. But that's still all right. They can go to heaven anyway. You can have that kind of language if you want it. But Jesus Christ said upon this rock, I build my church. That means churches are built out of people. And Jesus Christ wants his people to believe the truth, contend for the faith, and live honorably and godly and justly in this present world. But the only way that we're going to do that is to come back to sackcloth, dust, and ashes, and confess to God that we're useless without you, repent, believe, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And then this church, every other church, will grow and prosper in Jesus Christ. The Lord through the Spirit will add to that church all it ever needs. But we'll not do it with high minded. And, and denying the Lord, I'll join next year. I bet you there's people this is sitting right now that said, I may join later on if everything goes right. I may join later on if I get to believe in all they teach. That's the philosophy of men. You really think, Brother Wallace, you're talking about the need of the hour? I'm confident that I am. The people that has inspired me in my life is not the people that see how much fault they could find with the church, to see how long they could wait about joining, but people that offered themselves in the service of the Lord, realizing their uselessness without Him, repented in sackcloth, dust, and ashes. Now that taking preaching down or just sitting down in a, in a bed of ashes, like old Job was doing, or see someone pick up a handful of dust and put it on his head, you say, oh, I wouldn't mind doing that. Yes, you would. You women folks would run like a turkey to get out of a breeze that would rip what your hair do. And I don't know if I'd have come today to get my new suit wet. I'd be sure I didn't want to go in there without I had a good shoe shine. Repent in sackcloth and ashes when you come into the presence of the Lord. Don't sit there and argue with Him. I know, beloved, I was visiting one time. I'm good mind to call the name, but I probably would if my wife wasn't here. She just told me. 
But I visited in preaching at this place. I preached that morning. I was hoping so bad the pastor would get back that night that I could see him. This is two or three years ago. I saw about preaching time here come in. We embraced each other. I was thrilled beyond words. To know how hard he had labored to get back there, to be with his flock and to see me before I left. We can have fellowship together. You know what one of the deacons said about that church? Or about, it, about the pastor? Instead of, instead of a committing a pastor and thanking God for his dedication, grumbling about his shoe shine. You say that wasn't no primitive Baptist? It was a primitive Baptist deacon! From all his shoe shine. I tell you, beloved, if we could grow in this mindful, that would be all right to pull off our shoes because the ground might be holy whether you had any shoes or not. But to sit and tell God, oh, I may join next meeting day if the preacher preach good is again the height of idolatry. That may sound hard, but it'll take a dust and sackcloth attitude in our mind and soul to ever come to where God wants us to be. Now, friend of that don't care a bit for you reading where I'm fixing to read. Because I'm fixing to read in a place that tells you that every part of my body is tarnished with weakness and sin. And when I come to the presence of the Lord, really, I really find that out. I'm supposed to be like Isaiah that said, I'm a man of unclean lips. How do you feel about your lips today? Your hands and your ears. Your tongue and your teeth. Are they in pretty good shape? How do you young people feel about yourself? How good in the heart of God do you believe today you are just on your own? I can tell you this Bible said that you're dust. You're useless. You're nothing without God, beloved. And when you and and when a person really comes into the presence like old Job did in that world, when, when God really comes into his presence, ah, oh, he said, I repent. I'm watering dust. I'm coming for you in sackcloth as a morning repenting. That's the very best thought I ever had of myself. It's nothing compared to you, old God. Now I come before you in Sackcloth and dirt and ashes. Warm. Warm. I'm going to tell you if there's anyone sitting under the sound of my voice at this time, that's even give a second thought about belonging to this church. You feel that you've been born again, I beg and plead with you to do it at the first opportunity that you have. I'm going to be so strong to ask you not to wait till this afternoon. Do it this morning. You can wait too late to join the church of the living God. You say, oh, you can't wait too late to go to heaven. I'm not talking about that. I didn't make that statement. But you can wait too long to, 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 to come before God in this true uh, uh, attitude of humility and God to say, I'm useless and helpless and undone. I'm corrupted from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. But I stand in your presence, oh God, confessing my need of thee. Take me and help me to commit myself unto thee that I might be useful in your kingdom and that others might see 
you worked in my life and give you all the honor and glory as I offer myself to you for service. Now that's what it'll take. That's what it'll take. Not a one ounce of that less than that'll get the job done. And as long as Deacons is more interested in a shoe shine, how the pastor buttons his coat and combs his hair, as long as they're more interested in that, God's not going to add very much to the church of the living God. You say, I don't believe that happened. I can prove it. That's shocking. Romans chapter 3. Verse 9. We've got to reach a place somewhere down the line, beloved. When you join the church because you love God. I don't believe there's a year past that I don't hear this at least three or four times. That'd have joined when the bishop preaches there, but I just didn't want too long to wait till the pastor gets back. That's shocking. That's untimely. Now I'm going to tell you that every pastor wants all the people John he's preaching, he's preaching for himself and not for God. If every guest, and I love him, he knows that. But if he's Deep, a little bit under his skin, only where God could know. And he wants everybody to wait in his seat if there's going to be anybody joined. He is ungodly in his thinking. But if I want somebody to join this morning, say, well, they, they join on that brother Wallace got through preaching. That's the height of idolatry, beloved. And there's no sackcloth and dust and ashes mixed with that. It's carnality that's produced from the pits of hell 100%. Not, not 99 not 99. And then I said this Wednesday night. Then we'll preach about a year. And they'll finally someone join. Then every preacher that you run into will tell, well, they talked to him here a little while back, and you know what they said? They said, well, I was the one really got him started thinking, you know. We got to get in the show. It's like the wrangling brother Barnum and Bailey Sherman. But God said, join because you love me. See yourself as you are. See yourself hellbound. But see the cross and all of its beauty and glory. And a man, the Lord Jesus Christ, hanging there bleeding and dying to watch you whiter than snow, whereby that Israel's God might bestow every spiritual blessing upon you that heaven has to offer. See that and believe that if you're born again and then come to Jesus Christ for service. That's what it's all about. Anything less than that is the height of what? What then, Paul said, are we better than the Jews? No and no one. We have a, before proved both Jew and Gentile that they're all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is not, there is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. Then say two-thirds of them, or they probably might all finally do it. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable, useless. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre. Their tongue they have used deceit. 
the poison of ashes under their tongue, under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that the things, whatever the law says, it says to them which are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. All right. Israel and people that had really come into knowledge of their great misdeeds and the, the days past and gone, literally set in the dust, literally wore sackcloth, literally sprinkled blood upon the uh, dust upon their head, literally fasted to show and, and, and that and their inward feet that they had seen the error of their way, and to realize their uselessness without God. How come you fellows that's as old as I am used to get up early every morning and dip the ashes out of that old fireplace and go and throw it out in the backyard? How come you do that? Because they're useless. That's what that fellow said. That's what Job said. He's saying, God, in my brightest moment, I see without you, I'm nothing. That's not easy for even a friend of better to accept. That's not easy with anyone that's born full of carnality to the uttermost accept. Israel had went off into captivity or been taken. Wandered around, many forsake the Lord. But old Nehemiah, he gathers up a bunch of them and starts back home to rebuild the wall. Later on, as time went by, they'd work. And guess what it says about them in Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 1. Now in the twenty and fourth day, of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting. I want you to listen to this. With fasting and with sackcloth and earth upon them. I'm going to make it just as real that this could be the last time I ever have opportunity to preach. But there's a man sitting right here. And I could sit that vine and I'd say, we'll go get the last. His name's Earl Carter. He's a decent man. But he's been found around. I baptized. And, and, and found a crutch over here to lean upon. And a crutch over there to lean upon. Said, no, I'm not going to join the church. It's too much trouble. Man. But one day, one day by the grace of God, you see that he should sit down, wear some sackcloth. True humiliation. Set in the ashes. I'm nothing without you, God. And whatever trouble is, that's all right. 
I want to be a member of the church of God. And the world full. Crushing. 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 And then, and then we become so dark-minded. People can, born again people can get so dark-minded when the preacher's preaching like I am today, they run home and say, it's none of his business what I do. And he's telling it right. But it's some of God's business what you do. And he'll make you some of his business. Now you know what Brother Burrell says today, just like I say. How come you to do that? I can tell you because he didn't have the, the need of the hour forced on him Sunday after Sunday. I'm telling you the need of the hour, beloved. You need to see yourself in the presence of God with unclean lips, unclean hands, unclean eyes, unclean ears, unclean everything about your body that proceeds from your evil heart that you was born with. And yet God in his mercy to scoop down and put that spirit within him that has caused you to realize how undone you are. Then you should do like Isaiah said, oh... I'm a man of unclean lips. But what was the next? He said, The Lord told about sending someone. Who will I send? And Isaiah said, Send me. He said, Yes, by my own lips they're all fulfilled. But all oh, but I see you high and lifted up. And with you with me. And I have the right then to go and speak. That's like a preacher getting down and saying, I'm not worthy to have Jesus Christ upon my sinful lips. But he's just 50% right. He's got sinful lips. But when Jesus lives in his life, he's had the authority of heaven to have Jesus Christ upon his lips and to live for him day and night and come into his presence and say, God, today, I repent in sackcloth and ashes. The great city of Nineveh was a bad place. And God told Jonah, go down and preach to him, Jonah. No, I haven't got time. So he run and jumped on a boat to try to escape the tax. But when that, later on, when he come to his right mind, felt like that fellow did down there in the hog pen. Come to his true senses while he goes down and preaches to him. Uh, Clint might just do this one, one day and, and towards the sovereignty of God and what, what this church will teach him. He might just do like Nineveh. They might repent and sack all night. And put on some mourning clothes. True mourners. Not hired mourners, but true mourners over their sin and yet in thanksgiving to God for all He's done for them. So in Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, the city is really responding to the message. You'll respond to my message if you believe, if you see the need of the hour. Whether you're in the church or out, if you'll listen to me today and, and believe what I preach to you, not because I preach it, but because God said it, it'll do you good. But if you don't see the need of the hour, the church of God will go dead under your influence. You show me a primitive Baptist, I don't care if he's a deacon, whoever he is. That can willfully sleep while his pastor's preaching. And then come up and halfway poke on it and say, well, uh, I'll just take a little out that truth, I trust you. The thing is that proved that he got tired of the sovereignty of God and could sit on that seat with an ungrateful heart and attitude what he needed to roll in some ashes and to wear some sackcloth. That's what he did. And then he'd wake up and say, well, we had some ventures Sunday, but they didn't come back. No wonder. 
They've seen the leaders in the church take a good snooze. And then we wonder why the young people throw rebukes at the house of God. That's basically because they hear the old ones running down, talk about the pastor and poke fun of it right in their presence. Now that sounds hard, but you know it's the truth. But you either have to take it or leave it. And I don't say that hardly, I say it in love. I'm preaching you today the need of the hour. Nineveh was in need of the word. And God said, Jonah, do you care? All right. Jonah 3, verses 5 and 6. For the people of Nineveh believe God. That's the need of our preachers for the children to believe God. Believe God. Just take him whatever he says. I challenge you to read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's where you find the demands of the kingdom. And if you find me one demand in that, that does not carry with it the thought of commitment, I'll drive back up here three times without one penny and preach without misrepresenting the Bible to you. Every one of them called for a commitment. That rich man went up there and said, what, Well, Lord, what, what can I do to have eternal life? Why well, he said, You've got to give a bunch of stuff away. You've got to commit yourself to it. Give it away. Give it away. And then there's another man got bit and he wasn't tearing up. He cried, Lord, I want to go with you. But he said, Wait, now wait just, just one thing. I'll be ready. Let me go back home and bury my dead. No, sir. So you've got to commit now. No, sir. They people back there to see about that. If you mean it, I ask you to commit on the spot that I could see and you could understand that it's real in your life. You find me one command of the kingdom puts upon an individual that does not carry a commitment from the individual. And I'll say that I sure overlooked it when I scanned those pages. Just find me one. It's commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a whole host of people that needed to commit their belief to God and to carry up His wonderful work. Jonah, get down there. Now they're believing Him. And He climbs on the hill and, 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 and sells up about it. So the people of men believe God and proclaim the fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word came to the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and set in ashes. Who is that? That's some little farmer in Nineveh. No, that's the king. He said, God, I've seen that I'm useless too. He says, I've proved it by rolling in these ashes and dust. I throw aside my kingly raiment, and I'm the king in heaven. God, I believe in you, sackcloth, ashes, and dust is the need of the hour, beloved. To every born character that sets under the sound of the word, that he committed life to Jesus Christ, as he calls on him hundreds and hundreds of times out of those four gospels, much less in the epistles of this blessed book. And then, oh Job, he'd had a lot of conversation with different fellows. And he had wondered about the Lord. But finally the Lord appeared to him in a whirlwind. And that was all over with. Here's what Job said. I believe this is in chapter 42 of Job. Anyway, here's what he said. He says, Wherefore, I 
adhor myself. You know, you know, if, if, if you don't understand what I read in Romans uh, 3, and you believe you're in that, you'll adhor yourself. You'll see your use. You'll see yourself in the presence of God, and you'll say, oh, I have unclean lips. And you, you wouldn't care to get down in some ashes. And you went a while ago, I talked about your hairdo. You see, I don't have much hair up here, and I've tried to keep it waving. I won't get no whirlwind either. I'm not running you down, but I'm trying to show you the need of the eye. The need of the hour is not good looks and fine clothes and shiny shoes. Although I believe we should look the best we can with what means we have. I'm not against that. But the need of the hour is to get on some true mourner's clothes. I'm, I, I, I'm, I wouldn't advocate to have a mourner's bench up here. But I believe that every born-again person should have a mourner's bench in the death of his soul to come to God in true repentance. And while they're figuring in the dust, beloved, say, God, I'm just nothing without you, and I sure thank you for saving me. Wherefore, I'd pour myself. What are you doing about it, Job, to let everybody know? And repent in dust and ashes. Then, old Paul, you know, he was a man. If there's ever been a man that lived a dedicated life to God, I'd, I'd spell it P-A-U-S. He said, I can all things as long that I might win Christ. He said, I go preach to the learned and the unlearned. I'm determined to know nothing, say Jesus Christ, and improve it. I'm unwilling to let a few rocks and a few hard knocks that's supposed to take my life toward my journey. Then he ends up in Romans, the last two verses in Romans 7. He said, Oh, wretched man that I am. Does that mean he falls in a sorry life? Does that mean that he's full of sin? No, sir. He said, Without thee, God, I, without thee, my ever ounce of my body touched somewhere or another, my weakness and infirmities. Oh, wretched man, he said the same thing as Job is saying. Oh, and he's saying the same thing as Isaiah says, God, when I come into your presence, I see myself unclean through and through. Then he says, and Then he says, Who, oh, wretched man that I am without thee, oh God, I had that part of it. Well, oh, wretched man, without thee, oh God, who shall deliver me? From the body of this dead, and then he cries out in utter victory and triumph. But I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord, and every person, beloved, every person that feels in the depth of your soul that you would pour yourself as far as carnality is concerned, and you feel uh, through the Spirit that you come in the presence of God, and you would pour yourself, you see yourself with unclean lips, and oh, wretched man, that I am. The need of the hour is not to rebel against God. The need of the hour is not to put it off two or three more weeks. The need of the hour is to repent in dust and dust and ashes and put on two mourners' clothes and ask God to show you the way to just fall at the feet of the cross in humble submission and commitment to the God of high heaven that has promised to deliver us from the wrath to come. I pray God he'll take this message and let it sink into your minds and to your hearts that we all might honor him acceptably and know that there is some demand of the kingdom. And they all ask for a commitment. Out of you and I, brother again. Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also.